tonight on a very special episode of the Neurodivergent Polyamorous Podcast. You're making this season finale seem very serious. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I've been watching a little too much Clone High lately. That that was the wrong show. <laughs> Fantastic show, by the way. It really is a good one, but, you know, not quite the same as what we talk about here. The vibe we're going for, necessarily. <clears throat> <laughs> But seriously, folks, uh, this is our finale episode for season two of the Neurodivergent Polyamorist. Is anyone else surprised that there is more episodes than, you know, the month or so that we missed? <laughs> Frankly, I'm just amazed that with everything going on in our lives, and I do want to apologize, for, we both want to apologize for some of the ups and downs of the year. We've had a crazy busy year. Frankly, we're both kind of amazed we managed to put, put out a second season of this podcast and we haven't given in to the neurodivergent urge to quit altogether. And not only have we put out a second season, a complete second season, it's also mostly listenable. Right? We've actually managed to figure out our tech issues and towards the end got better. Right? Who would have thunk? Us? Nah. No. <laughs> so... I, we might just be bypassing the intro altogether this episode, but if we do, we do, that's fine. We can always tack it on the beginning or some stuff like that. It's it's artistic. We change around the placement of the intro, you know. At the end, it's our podcast. We can do what we want. <laughs> hey, hey, man. George Lucas single-handedly funded all of Star Wars after, I think he made a deal with uh, with Fox for the first one, but because of the fact that at the time, the Screenwriters Guild was insisting that he put all the credits of, for the movie at the front, and he wanted to put them all at the end so he could make room for the opening crawl of the movie. So if George Lucas can do something like that, I think we reserve the right to do something like that too. Absolutely. And neurodivergent brains, we like a little bit of change here and there. Just not do too we? much. That's right. Not too much. <laughs> Little changes, little changes, little adaptations here, there, that kind of thing. Right. Right. So we have reached five over 500 subscribers on our show. And we talked about this last time, but I want to take a minute because that is amazing. It is amazing. I still, after two seasons of doing this podcast, cannot believe there are people out there that just want to listen to us. And identify with us it's so nice to know that we're not alone out here i mean we are screaming into the void but this, the void is staring back and might have chicken and i kind of want chicken now <laughs> well and i don't know it's it's this amazing thing i can still remember sitting in my my one little bedroom when i was working out of town when we started this going you know if we have one person that listens it would be so amazing. Like, I'd be happy with that. Right. And now there are over 500 people that are listening to us screaming into the void. That's kind of awesome. I mean, like, okay, we're not, we're not big time. Like, you know, the Katie and Eric's of the world, but you know what? Honestly, Katie and Eric started like we did too. So everyone has to start somewhere. And I think we've done a phenomenal job for the last two. Has it been almost two years? It has been al almost two years. We started in... January of 22. Yes. And so we've done a year and a bit. And yeah, but like two. So we keep saying two years, but two full seasons for the most part. That's impressive, especially considering, you know, we're both neurodivergent. And I don't know about you, but the uh, um, the pile of completed projects is dwarfed by the pile of incomplete, messy, half-assed projects that are never going to get touched again in my life. Well, and we've managed to do this. I think I'm just going to take a moment to 
toot our horns here, the toot toot. Um, we have managed to do this through uh, family upheavals, uh, a move, uh, an insane construction schedule. Like, we have managed to put this forward, and I think it's because we know that people are listening, and we know that people are identifying with us, and it makes them feel good to listen. So we keep coming back, and we keep putting out content, even though sometimes, I'm not going to lie, there have been times where we've looked at each other and been like, I don't want to anymore. <laughs> Remember times it's like, I don't want to. Like, do we have to? Can we just not and say we did? Right. I, there have been so many moments through all of this. And unfortunately, when it comes to putting content out, we can't just, I don't want to and say we did. We, we have a, or content does not show up. And honestly, speaking as someone who tried YouTube years ago, I find the algorithm for podcasting, especially at least on Spotify, is far more forgiving than the YouTube algorithm. But even still, if you don't keep up with releasing content, you fall by the wayside real fast. And that's kind of, you know, like it's been a juggling act because I want to make sure we're getting stuff out so that we can actually maintain our, our base. But life has been crazy. It has been crazy. And speaking of things being crazy, we've added some craziness to our schedules, haven't we? Because we are going to conventions this year. We are. So I, I'm doing a solo one in about a month at Sudbury Graphicon. I'm, I'm running a booth dedicated to selling my book and promoting myself as a neurodiversity ad advocate and educator and pixel artist and all that stuff. <laughs> and then if vanilla is not your thing and you're more of the kink side of things, that's cool. We got you covered too because we together are doing... Uh, Midnight at Dawn Kink Expo in Sudbury, Ontario. We live in Northern Ontario, so sue us. <laughs> at the end of no, August. Not <laughs> no, 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 we not even this soon. <laughs> uh, we're doing Midnight at Dawn Kink Expo in Sudbury at the end of August. I'd have to get the exact date, but we can share that on our on our page. But uh, yeah, we're doing we're doing Midnight at Dawn Kink Expo at the end of August as well, and that one's going to be us as a podcast doing it, and I'm very excited about that too. Yes, I'm very excited about that uh, because we were originally going into Graphicon together, but unfortunately scheduling did not allow. So now Adam gets to shine for us and I am so excited to hear. I will also most likely be attending Graphicon, so you might see me around his booth, um, but it is his booth. His book is going to be there. His incredible pixel art is going to be there. You know, and I'm, so. and I'm selling pins with the logo of this podcast as well as a subtle way to promote it too. So don't worry, guys. If you like this podcast, we've got you covered. And we would love, you know, if you're a listener and you're in Northern Ontario and you want to come out and see us, we would be so happy to meet some of you. We would absolutely love it. If you're in one of those parts of the States right now that is rather unsafe for some of our queer listeners... And you want to make a trip to Northern Ontario and just happen to stay here, but also want to attend a convention in the process, you should still come to Graphicon. It's going to be a lot of fun. And like we said, we just wanted to add a touch more craziness to our schedule. So we will be happy. And uh, these will not be the only conventions we're doing, but we're starting small. Hey, eventually Fan Expo would be amazing. But let's be real. Let's start. Let's start small. Yes, absolutely. So, okay, I know we had a topic for tonight, for this episode, kind of, sort of. Um, was it polysaturation and found family or something like that? I think we talked about. I think it was. And I like, I think 
you know, just a few minutes to kind of touch on that so we don't have to do a, a full, full episode just because. It was just because like, you and I were having this chat and I just had this moment recently where like, again, okay, I, I mean, I started to realize I was probably not monogamous five, six years ago, even longer if, I, if I'm honest with myself, but like really, really, truly practicing polyamory, but five years or so at this point, four or five years. Um, and, you know, you go through different phases when you're exploring what, what kind of poly works for you, right? But I'm at the point now where I had a moment the other day where I was thinking to myself, I have some partners that, my steady regular partners that I see a lot of, that I spend time with, that I, you know, talk to every day, whatever, that I absolutely love. I adore them so much. Nix, Elizabeth, and Midnight, if you are listening to this podcast right now, I love all of you very, very much. And... I just, it was, like, I had a moment where I'm like, you know what, okay, I'm not going to, like, turn down meeting new people and see how, how it goes, because I think, to me, one of the things with Polly is feeling like I can let every connection develop naturally instead of having to follow a, a social, arbitrarily de designed script of, no, you have one and one's enough. But I don't really feel the need to run out and try to find people or, like, you know, play the dating game or anything like that. I'm feeling quite satisfied with life and, like, sated. And... I thought to myself, this must be what monogamous people feel in their own way. And it feels great. And I love it. And I'm, I'm comfortable. <laughs> like, at this point, I'm like, I got my humans I love. At this point, I'm just going to sit down and play video games and chat with them and go on dates with them and see what happens. And, you know, and like, it, life is good. And I don't feel like I need more. Like, I've got the people. It, I, in, in one or two people who I didn't mention, but, you know, like Polly is one of those things, but <laughs> I love you all. Don't worry. Uh, I'm being awkward. But anyway, <laughs> I just want to say I feel very comfortable and happy. And I feel like I've gotten to that point in my 30s where I'm like, I have the steady, stable thing that everyone else has. Maybe not in the, maybe not in the way that you're quote unquote supposed to. It looks different, but I'm comfortable and I'm good. And I feel like I've made it and it's great. Well, and I just want to add as someone who's known you through your very strictly monogamous stage and now your open and uh, polyamorous stage, you are definitely the happiest and the most seemingly fulfilled that I have seen you. Really? Yeah. And it's really beautiful to see. And I love um, I don't want to say watching your relationships because that sounds a little like I have some binoculars through a window. Um, <laughs> I'm watching you, Midnight. No, um, <laughs> I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a really beautiful journey to watch you go through because I met monogamous Adam um through a mutual friend and i don't think at that point either either of us ever thought we would be platonic life partners no. uh, i was supposed to be really scary and i was gonna hate you i know i know but <laughs> oh yes beth i so hate you i hate you oh, yeah. so much oh yeah oh yeah um yeah we would never get along this is terrible yeah. Yeah. but <laughs> um it has been such a pleasure to be able to watch you go through this journey and watch you really come into yourself and that's why part of me is always like it's so sad that we watch kids and tell them you know by the time you're 18 you should know everything that you want because <laughs> oh, oh, oh that's cute <laughs> i had no clue what i wanted at 18 but i thought i did right at 18 i thought i had life figured out all 
Mm. Let's let's let us uh, put those thoughts somewhere with our first couple of episodes, the ones that shall never be heard again. <laughs> I'd actually like to make a point to that. So my aunt on my dad's side will never listen to this podcast because it is so far out left field compared to her narrow conservative mind and worldview. But it it hurts me to say this, but I have to agree with something she said to me back in 06 when I was 18. But it's in a way that she wouldn't agree with. Uh, I remember that at that point, we had an argument over the fact that I wanted to use my own money to buy an Xbox 360 because my parents and my family were very controlling over what I did with my own money despite working for my own money. A long story. But anyway, uh, we had this big falling out at the dinner table. And she said to me, you know, Adam, you have all these ideas on how life works now. But when you get older, you, you know, you're going, it's all going to change. And the funny thing is, it did. But she totally meant it in the sense of you'll become a nice conservative Catholic good 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 boy when you get older. Missed the mark, yeah. my dude. A little bit. It's like the mark is here. Where I ended up is way over there, and it's much fun, more fun over there. Look at you know, even for myself, you've known me through several stages of my life now. Oh, yeah. Um, you've known me as a very monogamous long-term relationship. You've known me polyamorous short-term relationship and now again back in a monogamous long-term relationship. And the journey has been insane. And mm -hmm. I get that like all of life is journey and we're not at our destination yet. But can you imagine, and again, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Can you imagine being able to go back in time and turn to 18-year-old Adam and mm -hmm. be like, when you are 34, you will be the happiest you've ever been you will feel so fulfilled you'll have three or four partners a platonic life partner you're going to run a podcast about uh, neurodivergence and kink and being an ally and all of these things and being part of the lgbtq can you like little little 18 year old adam would have an absolute heart attack just on the spot just whoop, gone would be dead dead oh yes Oh, yes. Yeah. And if I had told 18-year-old Becca the the way, the twists and turns and ups and downs that my life was going to take and where I would be, I, I would probably laugh you right out the door. Probably, but I want to tell you something, too. No, no. I've, I've, no, no. <laughs> I've watched you on a similar journey. different A different kind of journey, but like similar in the sense that I think it's fair to say when we met in our mid to late 20s, neither one of us really had any clue who we were. No. And we were figuring it out, but we weren't quite there yet. And I and I want to say that, like, watching your journey of figuring yourself out has just been amazing and rewarding because, you know, I think back to who we both were back then and you know, what kind of life experiences we had to go through uh, between then and now and just, you know, like you seem the happiest you've ever been and you've actually gone from mono to poly back to mono but having learned the le the positive lessons of poly and worked it into a better healthier relationship in your mono relationship i think more monogamous people need to do what you did so i have come to this strange conclusion and and hear me on my strange conclusion is that i still feel like i because I always say, like, I, I don't really ever call myself monogamous. I usually say that I am uh, a retired polyamorist. Mm -hmm. But 
I still feel like I am a polyam. I'm just polysaturated with my my single partner. Um, but because I have this incredible partner and I have such a close relationship with so many friends, like I have you as my platonic life partner. I have, you know, my two close friends um, that are actually everybody's here right now so they can hear all this. We are recording in front of a live studio audience again. Um, <laughs> sorry i don't know if anyone else can consider themselves polysaturated with one nesting partner but i because i have these platonic relationships that defy what i thought a friendship could be i still feel like a polyamorous person i just oh. have one partner no i think that's totally fair um gonna put my relationship anarchist hat on here a little bit and mm-hmm. to the fact that you know we we tend to categorize or, or society encourages us to categorize people by friendship partner family whatever and when you find your partner you're supposed to put all of those other relationships by the wayside and focus on your partner i don't believe in that i never have even before i realized i was relationship anarchist i still didn't believe in that because fuck that part of my language but fuck that um but i would argue that like there are different kinds of love and different kinds of relationships and different kinds of connections and all of them are valid. You don't have to be romantically intimate with someone to be in a loving, committed relationship with them. There are people who are romantic platonic. There are people, you know, like there if you ever if you in the in the audience want to go down a deep dive rabbit hole, look up different kinds of relationships according to relationship anarchists. It is fascinating and I love it. So I would argue that it is completely valid for you to have this like Sat polysaturation with just one romantic partner because you're getting so many different kinds of love in your life and it's amazing i really am and again if if especially if you went back and talked to little becca and i'm <laughs> talking like 10 year old very lost like two close friends bullied at school if i were to be able to go back in time and say hey little girl you have this amazing life with these incredible friends with this amazing partner i think she would just be overjoyed mm-hmm. with and never would have believed that someone who felt so outcasted and on the outside of everything would have this incredible tight-knit circle and over 500 people that just want to listen to art like our experiences and share their experiences with us it has been such a cool journey to be on. Right? Honestly, I am so happy for you that kid Becca gets to see that from deep down inside and be like, hey, cool, awesome, we made it, you know? Like, because, like, I think about it, and you're totally right. Young Adam would have probably had a heart attack. However, I think young Adam would have also been secretly like, oh, that's awesome, you know? Because, and like, I think little, little Adam, not 18 year old Adam, we're talking about the star of the beginning of uncommon sense <laughs> okay we're, t- we're talking about that adam little baby adam you know would have just been so thrilled at the idea of having this pack and this community and be able to talk about who he is without having to hide any of that and i so hope that our listeners can look back and feel the same way 
Oh, totally. Because like, it's funny. I was thinking about this too the other day. Um, there was a time when I was a kid and I said to my mom that I wanted to be celibate. I didn't want a partner because I guess I think on some level, I just didn't like the thought of like sharing my life completely with like, not sure. I like sharing my life with people I love, but I'm talking like the combining of the finances, the moving in together, the, all that, you know what I mean? Like, I think on some level, kid me never liked that, you know, but of course then you kind of like internalize this, well, what you're supposed to want and what you're supposed to like and all these kind of things. And then we get to 18 year old or 16, 17, 18 year old Adam who always feels this sense of awkward trappedness in every relationship he's in and feels like he's broken and busted and just has to eventually get with the program and do it like everyone else in order to have all the things he wants in life. And it feels completely awful to now. It's like, you mean I don't have to? It's, it's, it's amazing. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think, I think both our kids' selves would be like, you go, guys. You got this. I really think so. And I hope, again, that everyone who listens to us, whether they get to live authentically as themselves right now or if they still have to hide depending on certain situations mm -hmm. i hope that they know that no matter what they are doing little them would be proud damn right and this podcast is a safe space for them and on top of little you being proud we are proud of you absolutely and that might not mean too too much from two crazy canucks that are you know screaming into the void but we're proud of you, and we're so grateful that you take time out of your very busy lives just to listen to us ramble and maybe feel a bit of a kinship with us. Because even though we don't know who you are, we feel a kinship with you. We absolutely do. And I'd actually like to end it on, I'm going to paraphrase this quote as best as I can. Wait. Yeah? Is it a Star Trek quote? No! I know, okay, I know. I know. I know. It's been like two or three episodes now, man. I'm getting worried. You know, I have other nerd interests besides Star Trek, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to say, you and I might be in different kinds of relationships right now, but I think the one commonality is, whereas in my case, each of my partners forms a different aspect of the night sky, and yours, you have, you have one primary romantic uh, partner, but then you have all your friends and pack and whatever. We both love the entire night sky. We do. And while we're talking about night skies and outer space, I would like to I'd like all of you to live long and prosper this summer. Yeah. Ha ha, I love it. <laughs> I had to sneak it in there. We will see you guys back in September. Though honestly, we might decide to do an episode for the lulls just like we did last year. We're just not committing to it. Or and you can also, like we said, uh come out and visit us at the conventions. Um, if we add any more to the roster, we will be updating our Facebook as per usual. We'll still be posting things here and there throughout the summer, but we are definitely looking forward to a wonderful summer. And we hope that all of you will be back and listening to us for, oh my gosh, season three of the Neurodivergent Polyamorous podcast. Is this where we make jokes about the fact that season one adam and becca were like really awkward but season three is where we kind of find our footing because like in star trek i'm doing a star trek thing again in star trek season three is when the show always gets good so does this mean that our season three is going to be like even more amazing because that's the mark where we start to get good maybe maybe i love that um, me too yeah have a good one everyone happy summer and again live long and prosper drink your water take your meds and wear sunscreen, guys. I'm already a lobster, and it's barely summer. Me too. I have to install my AC. Tonight is not that night.
<laughs> Does tomorrow look any better? Executive dysfunction is a bitch, man. It really is. <laughs> Have a good one, everyone. Bye. We love you. Special thanks goes to Paul Unger, who designed the Rainbow Infinity symbol and brain component of our logo, and we love it very much. Thanks, Paul. The Neurodivergent Polyamorous was created and produced by Adam Mardero and Becca Kelterborn. Copyright 2023.